This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh my God. Oh my Are God. Are you ready? Are you serious? Dude, I was born ready. This is crazy. <laughs> Holy crap. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Four, five, six. B-I-G. Ah! Now let me take a wild guess here. You're Brett, right? Correct. I thought so. Um, I got into Yale Law School. Check out the big brain on Brad. It's the number one law school in the country. You're a smart mother. That's right. I had no connections there. I got there by busting my tail. Looks like me and Vincent caught you boys at breakfast. Sorry about that. Did you have it? Beer. I still like beer. Mm. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Sometimes I had too many beers, but I did not drink beer to the point of blacking out, and I never sexually assaulted yes, anyone. Yes, you did! Yes, you did, Brett! He is warm, friendly, unassuming. He's the nicest person. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. And now... Do you guys remember when the Kevin and Bean show used to feature Kevin and Bean? Our feature presentation... First of all, it wasn't that long ago. And second of all, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into yet another all-new Kevin and Bean show. This time for a Monday, the first of, say it with me, Rocktober! Jensen's face! I'm just disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> to be thrown into that is quite a moment. Oh. Feels good, doesn't it? I mean, now I know. Yeah, it Rock. feels real good, Bean. Now October, you guys, yes. is back. We were just uh, we were just bemoaning that we missed September, and now October just comes along <laughs> to just change everything. I knew I woke up feeling different. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, rabbit, rabbit, also as mm-hmm. well. Um, you know what that's about, right, Jensen? No. Well, then get on board, man. Come get on. up to speed here. Hey, Jesus, do I, your research. Just so you know, I I. I lived on Friday while you were gone. He really did. So it was thank very you. Upsetting. So don't look at me as someone who's not a team player. <laughs> oh, very okay. yeah. All right, we'll bring you up to speed on Rabbit Rabbit as well. Thank you. Um, I missed some of you. I have been on vacation. This is Bean, guy who used to be on the show a lot back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I have, I have returned. Um, you guys thought that you would uh, switch buildings and I wouldn't be able to find you. <laughs> you guys moved on me, which is something I always feared my parents would do when I went away for the weekend. I always thought, I'm going to come back and they're just not going to be in that house anymore and I'll never be able to find them. Yeah. But uh, tell me about the new place. How is it? It's clean. It's it's um, it's definitely, uh, there's less asbestos. Yes. Okay, good. I walk in, and you know how I used to think maybe my brain was leaking because my nose would run every single day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were allergic to the old building, right, Absolutely. on Absolutely, yeah. It, it hasn't happened here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so great. It's wonderful. Um, Kevin has only gotten lost once, but it was in our own uh, parking garage here. So that's th- uh, that's good. Wait, what do you mean? He couldn't find the right floor to park on, you mean, or something? Uh, well, he he just he went up to the third floor and then almost just left. 
So we're still slightly confused. Nobody, that, nobody the, the gets physics it. or the logic. Yeah. But basically, he went to his parking spot technically, uh-huh. then pulled out of the parking spot, then started to go home. Yeah. Did he drive away thinking that show went by fast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a great yeah. take. But he did think we nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am shocked that he has not driven to the old building at least once. We all are over the course yeah. of a whole week, just by rote memory, just yes. by what you're used to doing. It's it's shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard for a while, and I promise, I know that the first rule of radio is it's about you, the listener, not about us. But I'm just so fascinated with this move because we only move, you know, every 20 years or something here at K-Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just so fascinated with, for a while, was it a fishbowl and every person who worked at Intercom Los Angeles just was had their little noses pressed up against the window staring in on the show? Up until Friday. We yeah. did not have blinds. Yeah. If you want to know what anyone in this building eats for breakfast, we know the mm-hmm. answer. Yep. We know when they go for their coffee. We know when they just want to chit-chat with people from other stations. It's been quite an adventure. What's around us? In, uh, do we have, uh, are we in the center and then there's something on every side of us? Funny you ask. We actually are right at the entrance. So people who walk in to the office mm-hmm. basically would see us first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can, if the blinds were open, they can see us from what is technically the waiting room. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. We're, we're, we shouldn't be the face of Intercom. Oh, Los Angeles, oh by no. the way. This was a bad move. Please, no, look, they at got, yeah. they, look at all the hot uh, Hispanic chicks they got working over at Amp Radio. Put them up top, right? Uh, I mean, uh, probably a bad idea, too. Uh, but we are technically gross. Yeah. Gross. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. gross, gross people. Mm-hmm. And we, 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 I felt there were many moments where uh, I thought that we were uh, being, I think, like surveillance. Mm-hmm. Did you feel oh. that way? It was a weird stare from a lot of people. It wasn't just a, hey, what's going on in that room? It's, hey, let me see if I can lock eyes because we have put a chip in them. Yeah. And that's yeah. how we activate them. It was. Yeah. Well, K-Rock is generally not invited to any good parties, so I'm sure there are other stations in the building, particularly KNX, that don't want any part of our nonsense. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be involved in whatever, you know, running down, you know, uh, riding down the hallways on motor scooters we're going to be doing and stuff like that. They don't want anything to do with. Well, we have a couch now. We got a couch today. Yes. Whoa. Very exciting. Yeah. Moving nice. Up. Moving up. Speaking of KNX, as you guys know, uh, Ali, you in particular have heard me speak many times about how my belief is that the only radio worth listening to is on AM. Everything else is BS. <laughs> he's, he's telling the truth. AM yeah. is where the is where the, all the all the talent goes. It's where all the best stuff is. That's mm-hmm. the only band I ever have on in my car. Mm-hmm. I was devastated. And I think I put this in an email. You did. That KNX was going to be coming by last mm-hmm. Friday at the, the last day in the old building. Yeah. I was devastated to not be there to talk to an actual AM reporter. But I, I understand Kevin did speak with them. He did. And I brought in the tape because I thought our <laughs> listeners might enjoy. Oh, oh man. Hearing, have you already covered this? No. no. Okay. But do, you, do you know how long that KNX reporter was here? No. Oh, the whole show. The whole morning. And we were like, why is he still here? Well, he might want to get more stuff. He was uh, really going for his Pulitzer with us. Yes, he was. (laughs) As long as he doesn't bring Rowan Farrow with him, I'm fine with it. All right. So here's, it takes about 30 seconds to get to Kevin, but here's the setup. It was a monumental day, of course, in Los Angeles history, because that building that we used to be in had a a lot of stuff happening in it over decades. And here's the report they filed Friday on KNX. The end of an era today in this building that... That has been home to some of LA's biggest radio stations over the years. Let's get the story live from KNX 1070's Craig Figner. By the way, uh, Jensen, was he wearing, uh, did he have a hat on with a 
little ticket in it. And it said press on the ticket. <laughs> it was, and also, like, it was very odd because he was just typing away at a typewriter feverishly, <laughs> just pounding away at keys. And I was like, is he even typing anything? <laughs> did, he have, did he have an old-fashioned camera around his neck, too? So <laughs> and, an, and, another, and another guy with a big light stick behind him. <laughs> It's a building a lot of people probably driven past at Fairfax in Venice. Jack FM always made fun of it, calling it a dumpy little building. But it has been a significant radio property in Los Angeles since the days of KHJ in the 1930s. This was its transmitter site, later its studios. I wanted him to walk through every minute of every decade of bo- bo- <laughs> Boss Radio. And then in 1946, here's what happened. But he skipped over all that, and he's getting to K-Rock here in a second. And for 17 years, it's also been home to K-Rock. Tonight, they'll turn out the lights. Kevin Ryder of the Kevin and Bean Show tells me it is a tough day. I just am sort of bummed to leave this little dump that has been our home for 17 years. But then we've had a lot of really great times here. We've had a lot of good guests in the... Taking it hard. In the HD Radio Sound Space over there. We've done breakfast. Was he he drinking or was he just tearing up? or a little... Bit of both. Also, <laughs> just malfunctioning altogether. It's just a little, a little blue. Yeah, Foo Fighters, <laughs> and with so many different bands, with Sting, and with Jack White, and I mean, there's just so many great memories. I of... feel like the reporter really let him go. Yeah. Like he could have interrupted or something, yeah. but he's not done yet. Bands coming here and this sort of being the hub for K-Rock and the bands that we play. And the hub for so many stations over the course of 80 years. We're talking about, uh, you know, K-Earth, KHJ, Amp Radio, Jack FM. You know, uh, and terrorists. Right. You know, situations or UFOs. K-Rock joins us at Wilshire and Hauser on L.A.'s Miracle Mile. As for this building? It must be alien. You don't know. It's just maybe a, a question that we'll never know the answer to. Live in Culver City, Craig Figner, KNX 1070 wow. News Radio. Well, as disappointed as I was to not be asked to be a part of that interview, I think Kevin handled it a- admirably. Oh, like I, a pro. I don't know if he took AM as serious as you did, but he, he did real well. Yeah. All right, let's uh, talk about today's all-new show, shall we? Am I the only one excited about You are not, sir. We are all on board. Jensen, you're going to be presenting an interesting news story out of Arizona. I want to say they have caught a foot fetishist who has been terrorizing the city for years. That's right. As your foot fetish correspondent, Mm -hmm. I am here and ready to report. All right. Monday means great news on the show today. You lost something important is going to be a phone topic on the program today. I bet everybody, not everybody, most people have at one point in their life misplaced something that they cannot believe they didn't keep better track of. Dave and his girlfriend lost their passports coming back from Europe. Yeah. It's my legit uh, nightmare. 
Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. Uh, my wife, by the way, uh, lost her engagement ring. Oh. Uh, That's not something you want to lose. What do you mean? What is the, what is the end? Did she lose it? <laughs> yes. What okay. are you suggesting? She sold it? Just saying. Misplaced it. All of a sudden, whoa, look at that great dress, Donna. <laughs> uh, um, she certainly was happy to upgrade to a much bigger ring after she lost it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I lost it. <laughs> We're so close to a jewelry store. <laughs> um, what's this? How much? did beer mugs spend on the vending machine the first week? Do we have good food options in the new building? Oh, we'll get you all caught up on what we have around here. It's it's a whole new world for beer mug and okay. a whole new wardrobe. Oh, A lot of sweatpants. Oh. Okay. That's <laughs> all Fant- I'm saying. Fantastic. <laughs> because none of his old clothes fit anymore? Exactly. Is that what you're saying? All right. Uh, Andrew Siciliano joins us from the NFL Network and DirecTV's Red Zone. Week four is behind us in the NFL. Hey, did the uh, Patriots actually win a game? Uh, Maybe. Okay, all right. Sure. We'll discuss, and his Browns had another heartache, and great news for the Rams, and great news for the Chargers, and we'll have to talk a little Dodgers, too. Very exciting day in all of sports. Uh, Let me see. So we got that. Check, 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 check. I think that's it. Allie's got the first look at what's happening when we return right after this on K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Allie, what's happening? So Venom comes out on Friday. A lot of people really looking forward to it. And Tom Hardy is, you know, in the midst of all of the press that they have to do. And I imagine for a lot of people that have to do this movie after movie, you get asked the same questions time after time. It can get a little boring, right? Totally. So BBC... Those junkets that they do, where they put you in a hotel and you literally are interviewed by 50 people five minutes at a time. Yeah. For days. Yeah. I, it, it sounds awful. It does sound awful. And also people come in and try like bits and stuff and mm-hmm. like try to be, and you're just like, dude, I'm just trying to get home. Well, this uh, this was sort of a bit yeah. that I'm about to tell you about that's awesome. BBC Radio 1 with Dev and Alice. I believe they do the, um, the weekends there at BBC Radio 1. They decided to have kids ask Tom Hardy some questions. And this is why. Because otherwise, and I quote... You hate children. If you don't answer these questions, you obviously hate kids, which right there, he was like, all right, you're right. I'm in. So there were questions like, if you were a snack, what snack would you be? To what's your favorite princess? But when it comes from kids, it's awesome. So like uh, this one, we're going to start off with a little boy named Cooper who just wants to know how he got into acting. That's a good age, five. Hi, I'm Cooper, I'm five years old. My favourite number is 15. Good number, that. Alan and Tom Hardy, how did you get into the TV? How did, question, the TV? how did you get in the TV? There's a little door round the back. <laughs> And inside there, there's various colleges. It's a little bit like Hogwarts, but different. And there's an acting school in there as well. And after a period of time, you graduate, and eventually you appear when they let you Amazing. on the screen. How do you get back out of the telly once you're sort of finished? You open up the door and you come back out again. And you close it behind you. But that's a secret. I love him so much. I mean, he is giving kids unrealistic expectations of how to get into show business. It does, does seem like he didn't talk about the manager, or the agent, or <laughs> right. the studying. Yeah, you guys are ruining this or whole the, thing Or the craft, me. either. Um, By the way, he just, really? yeah. just left that behind. Ripped. Well, then he, um, he gives some advice to a little girl named Lola. 
My name's Lila and I'm 11. I've just started a new school and I'm trying really hard to behave. What's the naughtiest thing you've ever done? You don't want to know. Lola. I think she does though, Tom. Nah, the thing she you... wants to know the naughtiest thing you've ever done. Go online when you're old enough and have a look. It gets worse. But mm. making the effort to try to be good is really, really important. But being yourself is more important. See? By the way, uh, It Gets Worse was a campaign that did not go right. as well. It's fly. <laughs> right. it one. <laughs> but this was my favorite because it took so many turns. And I'm like, how does he bring it back? But when you're asked a question like Jimmy asked, basically, if you like goldfish more than humans, you're you're going to get an answer. Yeah. Hi, Tom Hardy. My name is Jimmy, and I'm six and a half. I love goldfish because I think that the golden. Do you like goldfish more than humans? Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy. All sentient beings are, are important, you know, so I don't think you can love anything that's not sentient more than the other, you know. And we can see ourselves in all living things. Someone has to care about everything and approach it with love. Mm. Unless, of course, it attacks you. In which case, lovingly, see it off with a big stick. <laughs> <laughs> that's so profound. But... Love all things, buddy. Unless. Unless he's coming at you, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, lovingly hit it with a big stick. <laughs> he's such a cute man, this Tom Hardy. Could you love him anymore, Allie? It's impossible to love Tom Hardy more. Impossible. I oh. mean, he has that oh. sense of humor and that personality. Thank God he's uglier. It would have been too much. Oh, oh. it would have been way too much. If I'm, in oh. Ho- if I'm in Hollywood, which, you know, sort of. Mm-hmm. I have a weird rap battle show on TBS. Mm-hmm. But if I had an important job in Hollywood, yeah. put him with a kid. 100%. He'd be amazing. Him yeah. in like a weird kindergarten cop situation. Oh, for sure. What do you guys think about that show that Ricky Gervais does where he interviews kids? Have you seen that? It's, uh, it's on ABC. Ga- it's like a game show. It's a game show with, uh, what's his face? Yeah. Fred Savage. Fred I've never Savage seen is it. the host. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never seen it. Okay. We, he's yeah. also very good with kids, but he is not He's not as sweet. You know what I mean? He's kind of poking fun a little right. bit at the it's kids. It's Ricky Gervais? It's Ricky Gervais. Does he bring Ricky up, Gervais. like, to the kids, does he go, like, you know God doesn't exist? <laughs> yes. Right. Like, does exactly. he do that a lot? <laughs> exactly. Okay. He just blames them for being offended at anything. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, very... how dare you? I'm allowed to say the C word. <laughs> it's a very different vibe than Tom Hardy. Yeah. I think Tom, because he, he has kids, maybe that's a kind of a different feel. Because mm-hmm. as soon as they brought up that he was going to do it, he's like, oh, it Makes perfect sense. No problem. Yeah. It very, is, very good bit. It is lovely. Way to go, Devin Alice. I don't know. Always hyping up our competition. Right over there on BBC One. <laughs> oh, I didn't have time to tell you yet, but I'm sure it's uh, it's no shock that Gwen Stefani is re-releasing You Make It Feel Like Christmas, right? I can't wait to hear how many new tracks I can look forward to. Well, I'll tell you. An extra five songs on the album. Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Winter Wonderland, Feliz Navidad, and two that are presumably originals, unless I just don't know Cheer for the Elves or Secret Santa. Nope, those are new. I'm I'm in. I believe we have a clip. Look at your watch now. Mm -hmm. You're a super hot female. You got a million dollar contract. And you're still waiting for your hot track. <laughs> Hasn't lost a step. She's terrific. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds real good. Some birthdays for you. Christopher Titus, Brie Larson, and Zach Galifianakis. And that's what's happening. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. 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 Q. Hey, Jensen. Oh, hello. Hey, hello. Ellie. Oh, wow. Hey, Bean. Just I was, was going to bong bong you and I got stopped. Oh, Go oh, ahead. Good. Go ahead. Okay. 
Bong, hey. bong. <laughs> bong, bong. And to you as well, my friend. Thank you. What's going on in Arizona? Uh, well, here's the story. You know how when you drive by uh, houses that are for sale and there's realtor signs and they have like a woman's name and a, a phone number in many cases? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't see that as like a way to get dates, would you? Oh, no. Certainly not. No, you'd see it as a way to maybe buy a house. Maybe yeah. buy a house. I believe that's what they're advertising. Well, <laughs> not for one perv. It's, uh, not the, it's not the back pages of LA Weekly. Come on. Let's hope not. My mom is a realtor. Uh, <laughs> listen, one total just jerk. is uh, a serial creeper calling and texting the female realtors that he sees on signs, pretending to want to purchase a house. So the conversation starts as easy as just being like, how many bedrooms are there? (laughs) Where could I maybe, you know, see your shoes? Wait, Uh, I'm sorry? Well, that's the thing. It starts off with being like, how much is the house? And then slowly, he'll turn every conversation into something about the woman's feet. Oh, no. And by the way, he's been doing this for years. Oh, no. He's well known within the realtor community in Arizona Mm -hmm. as someone, you know, they're almost like, oh, the foot guy's back. Well, there had been so many complaints about this total skeeve that a news station in Arizona decided that they were going to investigate and find out who he is. So they teamed up with a realtor uh, and set up a meeting where they would ambush him. Here's where they found him. Valley Realtors call him the foot fetish guy, and he's been creeping them out for years. We finally (laughs) tracked him down outside a North Phoenix coffee shop Monday. Hey, Anthony, it's Jason Berry with Arizona's Family. How come you keep contacting female realtors and saying you want to rub their feet? Why do you do that? Okay, so what we... (laughs) You walk out of a coffee place. You're holding your coffee. Right. You just had a meeting with a woman that you're excited to eventually see the arc of the bottom of her foot. Uh, and that the man runs up to you with a microphone. How do you respond? Uh, the question is, why do you do it? I think the answer, if you're being honest, most people, I think, would say, it's not me. I didn't right. do it. Yeah, you yeah. would think that would probably be the, the way. Here's his answer. What's up with this? That's it. <laughs> Which, also, he's not wrong. He has a slight point. What's up with this? You got a camera and a microphone. Uh, and so he, you know, he's got that real Chris Hansen vibe going. You know, mm-hmm. would you like some sweet tea while I go get the laundry? Right. By like, the way, yeah. this reporter is so happy right now. Thrilled. Everything is coming together for this reporter. Yeah. This is his eventual Peabody. He is the Woodward <laughs> of our generation. He's found his deep throat. Uh, and so this is how it keeps going. And he admits to contacting countless female Valley realtors through text and email, offering to rub their feet, asking about their high heels. Don't you think you're harassing these women, these female realtors? I mean, don't you think it's harassment? Yes. So why do you keep doing it? I don't know. I guess I'm... I apologize. I'm sorry. That's a quick turnaround, is it wow. not? Because immediately, if they come up to you and they're like, oh, are you the one writing about feet? You'd be, number one, I think you might say you're not the person. Because mm-hmm. there's sure. no real way to prove it other sure. than the fact that you just had a meeting with a woman and probably <laughs> talked about her bunions. But beyond that, you could easily just be like, no, not me. Right. But instead, if you're just like, yeah, that's me. I love feet. Sorry about it. Is also kind of a cool way to go down. <laughs> now, another thing. They show a conversation uh, on the show. They don't necessarily uh, address it, but they show the realtor who set him up, they, they they show her cell phone, like, over her shoulder. So you kind of see one of the conversations. And it starts with things like, you know, uh, 
does the house, when was the last time that this house had an inspection? Mm-hmm. Like it says that at the top of the text. All right, very legit. But then below it, it says, I give awesome foot rubs. <laughs> oh, dear. It turns so quick because then the next one is, I'll pay you $40 an hour to give you a foot bath using lavender and essential oils. And you see these text messages from over her shoulders. Let me ask a question here, yeah. Mr. Carp, and that is uh, very creepy, very inappropriate. Yeah. Anything illegal about this? Absolutely nothing, and that's the best part. Cops have been trying to figure out ways that they could stop him, but he's doing nothing illegal at all. All he says is when he gets caught that he promises to not do it again, and he also gives this little gem. Have any of these women let you give them foot rubs before? No. But you keep trying? Yes. How come? I just... I'm stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stupid. It's it's a great way of sort of getting caught for having a foot fetish. Like, why do you have it? And why are you harassing women? Don't know. I'm a moron. Wow. Also, if I ever got busted and I was up on for trial and the judge says, why'd you do it? I think I'm stupid is probably a good response. Sure. Uh, He also didn't give up there because he wanted a little bit of a postscript on the story. So he called the reporter when everything was done. And this is that. Now, shortly after our confrontation with Anthony, he called me back to say he didn't realize he was creeping these women out and he never meant any harm. He said he was just feeling lonely. Oh, well, now you had to make it sad, Jetsis. We were all having fun. Now it's a Pixar movie. (laughs) It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. Uh, this is uh, the voice of uh, Bean speaking. I was on vacation last week. Um, a lot of people ask, hey, do you listen to the show when you're out? The answer is no. I barely pay attention when I'm in working on the show, so I certainly don't listen when I'm out. But I do see the schedules that go f- back and forth between uh, the people who are still working. And I do, of course, get the social media feedback because most people don't know who's on the air and who's not on the air at the time. So, so we'll be talking about something on the show, and I'm on vacation. I have no idea what the context is, but I'll get a text or a tweet or something like from somebody who needs more information. So I guess what I'm saying is I have questions about things that I might have missed while I was gone. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have asked everybody in here and we'll just kind of go through some of these real fast. I don't want to bore people who were listening last week who already heard it, but I need to know because I'm a guy who likes to be current, as sure. you know. Mm-hmm. Beer mug. Yo! Did you or did you not get kicked out of a softball game? I think I'm the first guy <laughs> in history to ever accomplish that feat. Yes, I did. And you were playing in something dramatic like the College World Series of softball, or was this just a pickup game on your way home? No, what happened? Just a weekly Sunday recreational men's softball game. That's what'd it. You, what'd you get kicked out of it for? I spit on the field. Is that is that enough to throw somebody out of a no, game? No, you didn't get kicked out well, for spitting on the field. Well, mugs. I think it's half the story. I think uh, what happened was is uh, I lost, I completely lost my ass, uh, yes. and it was towards one of the wives of the other team's husbands who was um, reprimanding me for spitting on the field, and then when he proceeded to get in my face and ask me what the problem was. And I told him, I think your wife has a problem with me spinning on the field. He continued uh, to press the issue and said, yeah, you should spit towards the field. And I blew up, raised my voice, was yelling in his face. Okay, so yeah. it, was your, it was your fault. Yeah, I could have handled it a l- slightly better, maybe. Uh, also, when, uh, just for the record, when he explained it on air, also, I don't think it would have went over well with the Woman's March, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. All wasn't, right. Wasn't very Me Too friendly. No. Uh, and what's the uh, what uh, country is uh, Amsterdam in, Mugs? Uh, uh, oh my God! Wow! Uh, 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 Holland. Yeah, 
Yes, he okay. did. He did retain something. He hasn't Molly. smoked too much weed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, DJ Omar Khan. Yeah, you developed super strength while I was gone. <laughs> I did. I was exposed to, to some radion derf. Yeah, and I just got all strong. <laughs> no, I was uh, out in the river um, by Laughlin on a jet ski with my little four-year-old daughter, and uh, we tipped over, and we were in the water bean. It was one of the most terrifying experiences in my life. Yeah, I was just get totally freaked out. We're life, in the water. Life vest, though, for you and your daughter? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Uh, life vest, we're in the water, and I'm f- totally freaking out. I don't know. My daughter is 50, 55 pounds. I don't know how we're going to get on there. Um, everything happened so fast within, like, you know, 15 seconds, and I have to grab the jet ski with one arm, stabilize it, make sure it's not going to rock back and forth, and with the other arm, I just kind of, like, grab Zoe's bottom, and I just lift her up and plop her right on the jet ski. That's um, amazing. It doesn't stop there. So then I tell Zoe, you got you to gotta get on the jet ski, kind of like what we did. So she kind of, like, she's, she's pretty calm at this point. She gets on the jet ski, and I'm thinking, well, you know, normally when you get on the jet ski, you put your knee up on there and you kind of rock the jet ski. I cannot do that because I can't risk her falling off mm-hmm. again. So what I do, Bean, I'm not... It's crazy. With one arm, I grab the seat of the jet ski and I kind of just leapfrog out of the water mm. onto the jet ski you with my two feet. Out of I the launched water. out of the water. <laughs> like like Crockett and Tubbs. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it, it was... Good, and, good reference. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, it was totally like, you know, everybody's seen that BJ Penn video when he's in, like, four feet of water in a pool, and he just kind of, like, leaps out. It was just kind of one of those things, and I know it was superhuman strength because there's no way you could pay me any amount of money that would be able to do that exact same thing. It was thing all right adrenaline. Mm-hmm. It was all adrenaline, yeah. This is uh, this is uh, the story you always hear about somebody who's able to lift a car when yeah. their kid is yeah. in it, yeah. right? That's yeah. amazing. It was, it was insane, man. And did you have people call in who have had similar experiences? We yeah. did. Mm-hmm. And there were, did it happen a lot? It seemed, yeah, yeah, some interesting stories. Depends on what you believe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. Pretty much Kevin would just poo poo in on everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jensen. Yeah. We had in somebody, a representative from the Haunted Hayride. Oh, yeah. Before that was booked, I remember you having a couple of very creepy experiences, and I wondered if you got satisfactory answers when the person came in. Almost none. Uh, Bean, thanks for asking. Uh, I brought up both stories, one being that we were in the tractor trailer, and uh, one of the ghouls, one of the goblins, one of the ghosts, ran up to us yelling, ah, we're screaming back, and then they just whispered into my blonde friend's ear, you look like Daryl Hannah, which is... <laughs> Scary, and then also that we were walked. We walk around the park, and there's there's people uh, in costume that sort of jump in front of you and scare you. One guy didn't scare us at all; just calmly walked with us for forty minutes. Okay, just walked throughout the park. We would get food. He would wait in line with us. Eventually, he took a group photo with us. Uh, he he pointed out that one of us had to tie our shoe. He really just became part of our group. Yeah. Uh, and she just said that you know, oh yeah, people really get into character. That's all she said. Yeah. That's very unsatisfying. No, it didn't help. Isn't it? No, it's the real Sopranos ending to my Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this is a bean catches up because I have questions for Big Out last week. What is up with David Arquette? He's become a professional wrestler. Uh, no. Where, yes, where he is it, it, he's basically getting a vendetta for his past. He did this movie called Ready to Rumble. They made him a champion in the real WCW to promote the movie. Everyone thought it ruined the title of a fake fighting federation. Uh, and so he's now, 15 years later, decided he will become an independent wrestler where he travels to like Poughkeepsie, New Jersey in a gym for uh, less than 150 people. Uh, and so he just basically sits around and wrestles for a very small amount of a uh, crowd. That is a bizarre 
plot twist to his career. Yeah, and so he's now uh, basically paying his dues, quote-unquote. Who was bad-mouthing James Lipton while I was out? Uh, everyone in this room, yeah, except think, for me. I Thank you, Allie. You're welcome, B. National treasure. We all <sighs> took turns. We made fun of the idea that like it went from being Pacino and Meryl Streep to like Tyrese. Tell me about <laughs> Baby Boy. <laughs> uh, he is, uh, as I understand, he is retiring because they are moving the show to a new network, right? Mm-hmm. He was the perfect person for that job. I agree. I, thought. I, I thought. agree. This is the he, most white people conversation. He's he's so bland. He's he's paint drying. Because, because he let the actor tell the story mm-hmm. and he didn't get all starstruck about it and he just asked questions and gave them the opportunity oh. to just spend as much time as they needed telling you what they wanted to Speaking tell Speaking of questions, his favorite questions. Oh, his it, ten questions? His ten from mm-hmm. my hero. And the hero you've never heard of. <laughs> he's like, it's from my hero, Travon Shukan. And I'm like, who's that? Who is that? <laughs> Your favorite curse word. Your least favorite curse word. It's like, dude, come on, man. If he sees you at the pearly gates, what is the last thing you'll say? I think Jensen's auditioning to take over the studio. I will clearly take the. I will take it now, and my ten questions will be from Jose Canseco's autobiography. (laughs) (laughs) You did a uh, segment where you went through the strangest Amazon purchases on the show. Yes. What was the most shocking thing you found, and who bought it? My favorite, and I've thought about it all weekend long, is that Omar... His first purchase on Amazon <laughs> was some sort of lid that you could put on your drinks where on top of it, it is a man who will pee out the liquid. Yeah, it's pretty strong. <laughs> was, by the way, he, yeah. he signed up to Amazon and went, oh, good, finally. And then so yeah. it, typed in purchase. <laughs> Gotta have it for my bottle of Jack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. One more question. And this is something that happened to me that I posted on the Kevin and Bean social media, which is the photo that I took of the guy on the London tube yeah. who looked I thought yeah. almost exactly like Jensen. He did. I I did do a second take on it. He and, does look like me. And by the way, uh, that that angle that I was able to get him that photo was not even the angle where he looked most like you. But I mean, it was you. It was dressed uncanny. like you, same beard, same yeah. age, it, same it headphones, everything. Right. I got a lot of blowback from my followers that it was incredibly creepy and inappropriate for me to take that photo on a subway. Uh, I mean, it wasn't necessarily cool. Uh, also, I mean, it was about five steps away from texting a realtor about her feet. Uh, but yes, I, I do think that you may have taken an unsuspecting photo of someone. But did you clear it with them? Uh, no, I didn't clear it with it. What I did is I said to my wife, I said, lean over like we're looking at something on my phone. <laughs> And then I just held it up and then I just hit the button because, look, I didn't drive by his his home and get a long lens into his bedroom. I mean, he was on the subway. I mean, that's about as in public as you can get, right? It's the same mind frame as the guy who's like, they were at the gym. (laughs) Right. Who cares? We were all in the gym locker room together. I mean, is there is there any repercussion whatsoever ever this random commuter in London it, that is going to feel from me putting it on our social media on K Rock though? You know, is there any downside for him at all? I, I don't think so. Other other than the fact if he thinks I'm terribly ugly. 
Oh, wouldn't that be awful if he's like, I don't look like that jerk. <laughs> yeah. I, don't look, I don't look like oh. Rachel Maddow or the Verizon guy. <laughs> Allie, are you with the Jensen of this? Was Am I in the wrong for taking the suits photo? I wouldn't have posted it. Um, but he looks so much like Jensen. <laughs> so you could have texted Jensen. Hey, look at this guy that looks like you. Weird. Oh, and then now I'm in this weird ring of photos yeah, sent to me. Sure are. from the subway. Sure are. Eventually when I get arrested and they go, who's Bean and why does he think everyone on the tube looks like you? <laughs> That's no tube. Wait, that doesn't even make any sense. Oh, it's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. K Rock. K O Q. Q. First, though, it's time for some. Nope, not yet. A little early. Okay, back it up. Okay. First, though, it's time for a little great news. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for Great News Today. Great News! A lot of bad news in the world today. Every once in a while, it's nice to shine a light on some people who are making the world a better place. And mm-hmm. I think, Jensen, you're up first today. That's right. Wesley Ryan is an oil field worker who was known in San Antonio for Christine back about 15 years ago. It was a 1993 Ford Mustang that he named after the Stephen King book and movie that we all love. And it was said to be the way to his heart. It meant more to him than his actual family. But 12 years ago, when Wesley's wife, his high school sweetheart, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, he had to sell Christine to pay for her surgeries. He sold it within two days of posting it, and it broke his heart. Isn't that sad? But he knew what he had to do for his family. His children, now grown, had seen the pain and sacrifice his father made, uh, their father made and decided to do something about it. So they went on a mission to track down Christine. Okay. They went on the Internet over a two-year process and several owners. They recently found it on Craigslist. And guess what they did? They found Christine. They did, but they bought it for their father. What? Isn't that sweet? To get the to get back the heart and mm. passion that he had for Christine, they blindfolded him and surprised him with it, and it became a viral video. He was overcome with emotions, checking even the VIN number to see it was his real Christine in case wow. his children were lying, I guess. Right? Uh, but the video of him crying on the trunk of the car is adorable, and he's now next to his healthy, now cancer-free wife, uh, and it's, it's an unbelievable. Now... Weirder enough of this story. You ready for this to get even crazier? Okay. They purchased it from Lana Karenin, who sold it to them because her mother has now been diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and she needed to sell it to pay for her surgeries. That car gives you cancer. No, I don't think that's the the point. The family of Wesley Ryan and uh, now Lana see it as good luck using that money for the surgery since his wife was able to uh, use it to, to, to conquer cancer. It's a beautiful full-circle tale that could tell you about one man's sacrifice and the power of a loving family. And that is my great news. Great news. I mean, it... Great news. That is my... Great news. I feel like uh, Jets is being ripped off a little bit. It's my great news. (laughs) Guys, it's my great news. There you go. That's better. All right, Allie, top that. Top cancer boy. Well, I got this sent to me. Um, We all got it sent to us, and I was so glad none of you checked uh, because you would have picked this as your great news Mm -hmm. by a gentleman on Twitter named Christian. So thank you so much for sending this. It's a story about... Brent and Nicole Carey Luke, they were killed in a motorcycle crash in Canada in May. And, and that's Allie's great <laughs> news. <laughs> nope, there's more. Oh. Uh, they left behind two children. That is Allie's Again, great news. Nope. 
Uh, Ariel is six and Liam is three. Here's the thing with these uh, two kids. They have some special needs. They have um, problems with their hearing. That is Allie's great news. (laughs) Oh, this is really getting grim. All right, their parents are dead. They're they're special needs. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the grandparents that have taken over, they're the ones that are going to be raising them, have to spend a lot of money, regular visits to speech therapists and whatnot. So they decide we need to now give up the 1973 Pontiac that Brent had been working on, painstakingly repairing it, refurbishing it in the hopes of one day passing it on to his own children. I'm sensing a theme on today's episode here. They can no longer keep that car, so they brought it to Brent's prize car, Electric Auctions. Wait, Brent's prize car to Electric Garage Auctions. You guys have screwed me up in this story. (laughs) Here's what happened. This is phenomenal. The auctioneer introduces the item. He tells the whole story what happened with the Carrie Lukes. The bids immediately soared way past the family's expectations. They were hoping about $14,000. The car sold for $29,000 to a guy named Rod McWilliams, who then said, you know what? I'm going to donate this car back to the auction. It went back on the auction block and then sold for $30,000 to a guy named Danny, who then put it back on the auction block. What? It finally sold for the third time for another $20,000 to a man named Bob Evans from Bulldog Metals, who said, you know what? I'm not going to put it back on the block. I'm going to give it back to you guys. So all of this money now, hmm. which is totaling almost $100,000, and the car goes right back to the family. That is astonishing, unless this car also gives you cancer. <laughs> well, I don't believe it does. Good luck. That's my great news. By the way, that is remarkable yes. that those people thought to do that at Absolutely. that auction. Absolutely. It is a phenomenal story. I'll link you to the uh, the Facebook story because it will it will make you tear up. Well, I uh, I guess I'll close out today with a story that really doesn't hold up to either of those. Is it about a car? It's not. It's about bicycles, though. So we are keeping the transportation theme. I want to introduce you to uh, Ian Scott of Bristol, England. His friends call him Scotty. Here's a little of him. It started about five years ago. Uh, I had lots of spare parts from bikes that I raced uh, previously. Uh, so we started building these bikes up and giving them to the local kids that didn't have any bikes. Now that you've heard his portion of the interview, you'll know why I'm telling the story and Scotty isn't. <laughs> he has been riding BMX and other bikes for as long as he can remember, and he started ending up with a bunch of them in various states of disrepair, broken up. So he started refurbishing them around six years ago and giving them away to kids. It really has bugged him that kids don't go out and play anymore, so he encourages kids to put down the iPad, take up cycling. So he set up this community bike project where people could drop off bikes and he would refurbish them for free and give them away. Which I think is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. He, he was doing it on some property that was being unused behind the council house where he lived. Here's why the story made news after all these years. A neighbor sent a letter to the city council complaining about all these bikes in this property behind the council flats and asked for them to investigate. When he got the letter, he said, I just couldn't believe it. Everybody around here knows what I do. We've always uh, you know, managed to make a difference in so many people's lives. I can't believe that somebody would report us. We're using this land that is laid untouched for decades, trying to make a positive impact on the community. So the city council came out to do an inspection. Not only did they not shut them down, but they said they would help him find a better 
more permanent location by fast-tracking paperwork so that he could move to a more permanent place. Wow. So the city is kind of getting behind him. It turned out he had paperwork in that had just been going nowhere trying to find a new location to take the spikes because he, the spikes uh, project that he had because he wanted to make it bigger. So they are fast-tracking. The story became viral in their town of Bristol, and everybody is chipping in to do all sorts of things to help him with fences, to help him with, uh, to, you know, to put a roof on the thing, and, just to, and now there's complete and total awareness of what he, that he needs bikes. So everybody from all over the county is bringing him bikes. And he is just working overtime. He's got a huge staff there that's just helping everybody get on bikes. And I just think that's so awesome because so often these things would just end up in a junkyard, you know? Somebody has a bike that's got, uh, you know, it's got a broken chain or something like that, or their kid loses interest in it, they just throw the thing away. Yeah, yeah. or your bike gives you cancer. <laughs> right? your bike no gives one wants you cancer. It. Exactly, right. So he is going to be great, and uh, I just, I would love to see the look on the face of the neighbor who turned him in. Seriously. Although yeah. I, I guess the neighbor ultimately wins because they are going to move it to a different location, which is kind of what they wanted in the first place. But this just looks like a win-win-win to me, and that's my great news. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. We teased the topic. Now let's get into it. It's you lost something valuable. Dave. Yes. What happened? All right. So you know how my girlfriend is the the responsible one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we... Says the producer of this radio show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. Except, except when it comes to picking people to date. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, she handles all our travel. All and She holds our passports. Does everything. She so, pay the bills at home? Uh, no. You know, that's, that's me still, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it's... We, I just got off a 12-hour plane. We get through customs. My bag doesn't show up. So we're the last ones at the, the luggage carousel. We, we head out. We exit the airport, get picked up, get home. We're all tired. She leaves out of town the next weekend. And she hits me up and is like, hey, do you have our passports? And I was like, no, of course not. I, I, I gave it to you as soon as we left. We looked everywhere. Couldn't find them. We lost our passports. Oh, man. Mm. I have nightmares about that. Yeah. Where are you trying to go, Jensen? In life? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you have nightmares about, I mean, do do. you have a bag packed and ready to go in case you need to leave the country? Here's the thing. In case of an earthquake, I'm always fully packed and ready to go international. Uh, (laughs) But I am always, uh, here's the thing. Like, that is a reoccurring nightmare that I have. Like, the show up to school with no clothes on or whatever. Uh I have one where I just lose my passport while traveling and I'm stuck in Romania or, like, in a situation where they're going to, like, harvest my organs. Uh Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Losing your passport out of the country. Yes, I get it. That's a nightmare. Right. No, I'm not like an Encino being like, where's my passport? <laughs> right, oh, here's my right deal, though. You know, that makes sense. Right. Listen, I don't travel very often. So I got stamps from Germany, Montenegro, Croatia. I'm stoked. Uh, my Monty, passport- Monty, African-American, please, <laughs> yes. Dave, if you would. All right. Wait, you're um, nervous about That's what I was caring about. Like, my stats, like, my book is finally getting filled up with stamps. My girlfriend's traveling to Spain in a couple of weeks, so she has a legit, like, scare but I, my stamps, oh, I'm, I'm mad I just got these stamps. stamps, and now she lost it. <sighs> but good news is we called LAX, and they found the, the passports and returned them to Border Patrol. 
to get you to get you out of the country? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now I got to go. now there? I, the passports are there, and I got to go pick them up. Who Which, found them, Dave? I have no idea. They won't tell us. So, in other words, they probably just fell out of your girlfriend's purse or something. They and fe- just were laying on the floor in LAX, and somebody turned them in and lost them. We figured it right? in. They fell out of her jacket pocket, and someone picked them up. Some nice person picked them up and returned them to the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol agent. How wow. lucky are you? Oh, my God. So I'm so lucky because now I got my stamps. It's not about the stamps. That's not the important part of this, Dave. Right? having a passport. Okay, so how long did you panic? Was it a day? Two days? What? You know, it was about a week. It was about a week, but I, I like I played it off because I didn't want her to get really nervous. So I played it off like, ah, it's no big deal. We'll just get another one. But I didn't realize like the passport is the main goal for any yeah identity. A- anyone who wants to uh, steal your identity, yeah. that's the number one item. And then I started worrying about it. I was like, uh, okay, now I'm gonna have to change everything. Yeah, and it's gonna. This is gonna suck. Well, you got very, very lucky that yes, time. Yes, thank you, whoever it was. I don't know if you're in L.A. or whatever, but... How about, uh, how about you, Ellie? You ever lost anything valuable? That's going to be the phone topic. We're taking calls at 1-800-520-1067. Valuable or a sen- of sentimental value or a yeah. financial value or irreplaceable? That's what we want to hear about. Yeah, something not only is sentimental but irreplaceable. My parents started dating when they were 15 years old, huh. and my dad worked three jobs to be able to afford a ring that he he then gave to my mom when they were 16 tiny little diamond in the middle two little heart rubies on either side gave it to my mom when they were 16 they in turn gave it to me on my sweet 16 one of my favorite things it's very sweet until i lost it <sighs> and i didn't well you had no one to give it to afterwards anyway that's so. true i mean there's <laughs> we weren't going to continue that big circle right. it did yeah. end with you yeah i lost it um it wound up being lost for about two years until I finally reached into a winter coat pocket and I'm like, what is this? <gasps> the ring. I must have been wearing like gloves or something. So I took the ring off. I don't know what happened, but I found it. Never told my parents though that I had lost it because mm-hmm. my God, I'd be out of the will. You should uh, <laughs> you should give it to a random 16-year-old. How dare you? Just show up at a high school right? and be like, who wants a ring? Listen, it's very <laughs> sentimental. You over there, blondie. As you, get, oh. as you get cuffed and taken into a car. Right? Just yeah. creepy. So creepy. And by the way, um, you probably looked furiously for, for that rig for like a month, right? Oh, not even. I would say like six months straight. Every time I'd clean. I, I swear I checked that pocket too. Mm-hmm. Probably ten times. Never found it. Yeah. Well, you were very lucky. The only thing that ever happened to me, and again, we'll take your calls at 1-800-520-1067. When uh, I was running a uh, savings and loan in Bedford Falls, uh-huh. my Uncle Billy yeah. used to take the deposits for the week to the mm-hmm. bank every week. Mm-hmm. And God, I don't know if he was drunk or just losing his head or whatever, but right. he dropped $8,000 in the bank one time. No way. $8,000. We almost crazy. went bankrupt. So it wasn't a wonderful life at all. Oh, you know what? I think they made a movie about that, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. I did hear something you about idiot. it. All right. <laughs> People what listening have no idea what's happening. They're like, why is his <laughs> uncle so bad? <laughs> why is he running a, a banking loan? By the way. The depression's about to hit. That was one of the greatest hits of 1946 I just went uh, for, all right? Not bad. Don't, yeah. don't tell me I don't know my audience. Says the all guy right. who listens to AM radio. <laughs> Let's squeeze in one call before the break. What'd you lose that was valuable? Our man, Kevin. Oh, I'm surprised we don't have more Kevins on the line. He's from La Cañada. <laughs> He's up first on the Kevin Bean Show. What'd you lose, Kevin? I lost my wallet and in- involved a car chase at high speed. 
speed in New York. Oh, tell us I, uh, more. I'm intrigued. I was uh, getting dropped off in a taxi at JFK Airport. Somehow managed to drop the wallet in the, the backseat of the taxi. Get out. Uh, realized it instantaneously. As soon as the door closed, the taxi took off. Mm. Started running after the taxi. A guy in a black limo saw this happening. Didn't really know probably was happening. Pulled up next to me and said, jump in, we'll chase him. <laughs> nice. Uh, I did that. I jumped in the ta- the uh, the limo. We were in hot pursuit for about 10 minutes. Could not catch the taxi, but the guy was super sweet. Brought me back to the airport. Then I'm standing at JFK Airport. No wallet, no information. I managed to get on the plane. It can be done. Oh, my God. Was this pre-9-11? No, this was about two years ago. What happens is the TSA officer first asks you questions uh, with the attitude that you must be a complete idiot to think you could get on an airplane in New York without a wallet. Yeah. But uh, they actually have an 800 number. They call and they have the quiz of your life. And if you know everything about your personal information and you don't look uh, like a bad, bad man, they'll 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 make that's, it happen you can get on the plane i think the most that's incredible that you got on the plane but the most remarkable part of that story is a limo pulls over and says let's chase the cab yeah. that i can't imagine that don't worry happen. i'm a limo driver <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> all right hey, Kevin. You know, new yorkers are the nicest people uh, that's what that's what they're famous for all right thank you for the call appreciate that <laughs> 1-800-520-1067 what valuable or irreplaceable thing did you lose and what happened next we'll talk to you right after this on k-rock it's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. All right, Dave and his girlfriend lost their passports. They got lucky and they were returned. But we're talking about what valuable stuff did you lose? Rich, I think, has got a great story. He's on Line 5 in Whittier. Rich, thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. Thank you for holding. What's going on, my friend? Hey, fellas. Uh, a few years back, we won a national championship for Christian colleges. And we earned these big, giant $2,000 Super Bowl-looking rings. Whoa. Uh, being a good... Being a good Samaritan, helped this one kid out of McDonald's, uh, busted his tire, helped him change his tire, first-time driver, got oil all over my hands, went to go wash my hands, left the ring in the McDonald's bathroom. Oh, oh no. But that was God's will, right? Yeah, he, yeah, that little punk got to drive home safely, yeah. <laughs> Did you, uh, you never found it? Somebody just walked off with it? Somebody just walked off with it. Um, there was a few pawn shops in the area, scoured them for a little bit for a couple of years, plural, but uh, never came back up. And yeah, I'm a $2,000 ring. I don't I don't got that kind of change to replace it. Yeah, of about, course. Well, 20, 20 years ago. But uh, yeah, I'm still bitter about it. I don't blame you, man. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, that's a real accomplishment. That's something you were going to be proud of and probably wear for the rest of your life. That's a super bummer. You totally stopped washing your hands, didn't you? Uh, Allie, yes. <laughs> there's some, there is some trucker going around the city, though, going, like, when I won this ring here, I, I went up against Michael Jordan. <laughs> Look at what a baller I was. Yeah. Thanks for calling, Rich. Allie, what are we talking about here this morning? We're talking about people that have lost something incredibly important, like Dave and his girlfriend lost their passports at the airport after coming back from Croatia. Whoopsies. Let's see if John in Laverne, line three, can top that. I think he might. John, welcome to the show. Thank you for calling. What happened? Well, thank you guys for having me. My story is kind of uh, similar to Allie's. Um, my wife's uh, father, when she turned 16, gave her a charm, a key, that was meant to be the key to her heart, of course. 
and uh, she was not um, she was not obviously able to give it to anybody until she married. Well, I, I was that I was that lucky man. So uh, we had two legs of our honeymoon, uh, first in Hawaii and then Mammoth. And on our way, switching you know vehicles and stuff like that, I hugged a buddy when we got home, and my ring flew off. Oh, At the time, I didn't know it. Say again? No, I said, oh, God, I was reacting to oh, your great okay. storytelling. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. No, and uh, so the ring, the ring flew off uh, at the time I didn't know, but into the bushes. Oh. So I lost my most precious thing. I, my, I made the charm into a, into a ring. I actually made it a, a, you know, my actual wedding ring I wear now. So um, about, I don't know, my next-door neighbor at the time, uh, one of those kind of people that knows everybody, and he, I asked if he knew anybody that had a metal detector. And he said... Uh, I'll ask my brother-in-law, and long story short, brother-in-law used to be a, a surveyor and uh, always it's, remembered it's, that he it's needed... Way, way too late to make this long story short, I'm sorry to say, but I'm glad Wait, you did called. The, did you get it back? Uh, long story short, the guy the guy came over. Before he did, he jumped off a wall, broke both his legs, found it in the bushes anyways with a walker. True story. <laughs> oh, he found Be, it. Bean really picked the wrong time to cut him off. Right? It got it's, hot. It's, it's, <laughs> it sort of sounded like it had a happy ending, except for the guy who broke his legs. Wow, thank you, John. That was worth the wait. I appreciate it, sir. Um, that was funny. All right. Speaking of uh, people who are looking for their stuff, let's go to Mike and Castaic. He's on line seven. He's going to weigh in on this because, Allie, you looked for, you said, over six months, right, oh, for, for that sure. ring. All right, Mike, where do you work and what do you know about this topic? Uh, so I run a landfill. Mm, um, okay. <laughs> and uh, anytime somebody loses something, they're, you know, they're calling the trash company and they end up calling us they want to come look in the trash in the landfill for their possessions and how realistic is that even if you know where your neighborhood's trash is what are the chances you're ever going to be able to get through tons of stuff to find whatever tiny item you're looking for yeah it's not going to happen i mean we take six thousand tons of trash a day oh man and people just want to just start sifting through it because they're looking for something have you ever had anyone find a lottery ticket or whatever it was they felt was in there i had one person uh been in the business 10 years one person followed the truck in and they searched through that particular truck that picked up the load from their house uh-huh and she did find her purse she threw her purse away she mm. found the purse wow what, so it what took her four hours what is the most ridiculous thing someone has come to the landfill to find like the mo like you're like why would you come here to do that uh, a self, <laughs> a guy threw a cell phone away by accident, and he did find my iPhone. He's like, "My phone's in your landfill." Oh, <laughs> oh, sir, so, get a new like, phone. Yeah, I can, <laughs> well, I can you see can't. that. Well, I, I drove him up. I drove him up to the working area so he could see that it's just it's an impossibility. I try to let people get some closure. Mm. Um, probably the most impactful one was uh, the guy that threw away all his documentation for his uh, citizenship. Oh, oh wow. And, he said uh, he would he would pay me whatever, and you know, oh, you know I told man. him even you know, there, a couple hundred grand isn't going to do it. There's a lot of drama in your job. Try, like you said, try to give these people closure. It's like you have to have a little ceremony for them to say goodbye to their phone. You know what? I would want somebody to do that for me. Uh, you know, a couple months ago, I had a lady that said uh, she threw away thirty grand. So oh man! Oh my god! <laughs> you, you should still be in there looking for that instead of talking to us. Well, you know, I have other stuff to do. Okay. <laughs> That's right. very busy. <laughs> you sound like a very nice man, Mike. Appreciate the call. Thanks. Ali's got what's happening next on K-Rock. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous...
K-Rock. Allie, what's happening? Not sure if you saw this Lindsay Lohan story over the weekend, but it is... Uh, bizarre to say on the uh, on the Kanye scale, crazier than Kanye or not as crazy as Kanye? I say I say above. Yeah, it's it's a different level. Of okay, just bizarre. Apparently, she was in Paris, but then people were trying to figure out where she was during this event. She was in Paris for Fashion Week, but then TMZ said that this happened in Moscow, in Russia. She hops out of her car. She starts speaking to this family, saying, I just want to show you this family that I just met. Starts out innocently enough um, as she's live streaming this. And then it just takes this turn about her wanting to help this family. And she believes now that the parents um, of these children are not really the parents. They're trafficking them. It None of it makes sense. She's going in and out of Arabic, hmm. I think. And then she does a strange accent. She starts following the family. Here's just a little taste of it. Look what's happening. They're trafficking children. I won't leave until I take you. Now I know who you are. Don't with me. Hey, kids. This is the Arab. This is not Arab. You're ruining Arab culture by doing this. You're t- taking these children. They want to go. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Boys, don't worry. The whole world is seeing this right now. I will walk forever. I stay with you, I don't worry. Is he your son? From Pakistan. Don't f- with Pakistan. Give me your hand. Give me your hand. Okay, she then grabs the kid like she's going to take the kid and the mom, God bless her, took you long enough to haul off and smack Lindsay in the face. Why? She smacks her in the face and Lindsay falls to the ground and then just starts, oh no. Why did she think this kid was being kidnapped? Because she's a crazy out person. of her mind right now. Also, the, those aren't Arabic words. She's just, she's just making, yeah. she's like that Eminem rap where he's like, like she's yeah. just making up words that sound ethnic. Well, look, look, she's always had a problem with adopting whatever accent the country she's in speaks, right? Always. But why did she see this family and assume there was child trafficking going on? Like, how did it start? It was entirely made up in her head. Entirely. She said she wanted to help the family, and then she offered to give them a hotel room, but the dad couldn't come, and the mom, and they're just like looking at her like, what are you doing? So they got up and just started walking away from her. That's when Lindsay decided, oh, no, now they're trafficking them. So then Lindsay had to jump in and get these kids away from these people. No, they're trying to get their kids away from a crazy person. Yes. Yeah. It's, it was it was insane. Was her identical cousin there also or just Lindsay? That was actually just a movie. It, okay. actually, yeah. But she did pull up in the Herbie and the Love Bug car. <laughs> Which was, was weird. It, yeah. Was it, yeah, was was it fully loaded? It's one of my yeah. favorite documentaries. Absolutely. It's just, it's so, it was so bizarre. And I mean, I feel for the girl. She's had problems for a very long time. Yeah. She's surrounded by complete leeches that just want to make money off of her. Yeah. A family that doesn't seem to care, but she's she needs serious help. Yeah, I'm afraid you're right. I'm afraid this goes beyond uh, funny. 
a little yeah. bit. It's, it's, it's kind of tragic and sad, yeah. Absolutely. Can you imagine, though, being that mom and having some woman... Uh, do you even think they have any idea who no. Lindsay is? No. It's just some cuckoo lady right. that hopped out of a car and is now grabbing their children. Making up, it's, just making it's up, insanity. It's almost racist. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. And I had heard, wrong. Maybe, it's only, maybe it's been a couple of years and things have changed, but wasn't the impression you guys were getting that she moved to Dubai and kind of got away from the people that were leading her in bad directions in America and was living a fairly stable, kind of quiet life for a while? Well, quiet in the sense that she opened like low-hand clubs, like beach yeah. clubs, which doesn't sound okay. like the kind of place you want her hanging around. Yeah. It's all very bizarre. So I'm sure we'll hear more about this at a later point. But And I hate this news during Mean Girls Week, too, by the way. Right? Yeah. She's taken away from it. She is. Right? How dare she? Some birthdays for you. Christopher Titus, Brie Larson, and Zach Galifianakis. And that's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Andrew Siciliano, you guys, is our best friend of the whole wide world. He is the host of the NFL Network's Up to the Minute. And, of course, he's our Sunday pal on DirecTV's Red Zone channel. Andrew, how are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Do you mind if I start with a completely off-topic question because we haven't talked about it yet today? And I know you're a huge baseball fan as well. How much of a difference does it make for the Dodgers to win the division versus win the Wildcap in their one-game playoff with the Rockies today? Um, Well, it means they would win the division for the sixth consecutive year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's let's see. Beyond that, it also would affect... It also would affect who they play in the next round, would it not? Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's what I was wondering because I haven't had the time to look. I was wondering, I mean, do we? is there a preference, I guess, is what I'm asking. Okay, what if I told you, Bean, that mm. I have no idea? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> like, hey, I knew I was. I knew I was throwing it on you because I know you're a big baseball fan as well. But you've had a very busy last 48 hours, so I understand you haven't had a chance to plug in on that. No, 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 dude. I'm sorry. I normally know this. I, I have right now the a, I have the American League all set in my head. Every machination going on at the National League the last three days because there's been like 15 different possibilities with who's doing this and who's doing that. And if this happens and the Nationals aren't starting Max Scherzer and all that. Yeah. And then I came home last night and then I watched the the Ravens and Steelers and I fell asleep. And I honestly never looked at what it meant for the Dodgers. I made bad sports game. Not a problem. This morning. Not a problem at all. In fact, Dave is weighing in. Okay, now here we go. And again, Please, this, is, this is the talk. Dave is weighing in. Division champ guarantees a playoff series. Wild card is a one-game oh, right. playoff, right, he right, says. Right, right. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes. That was so, the easy part of it. So, so we must win today, I guess, is the point that we're taking away. Okay. Correct. So if they're the wild card, then they play a one and in. It is a playoff game, but it is an elimination game to move on to what is, in essence, the final four of the National League playoffs. Well, just keep scoring runs like you did against the Giants, and you'll be fine, Dodgers. All right, let's move on to football, which is why you were here. we got a lot of ground to cover today. I guess I want to start with, if you're a fan of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, we're a fourth of the way through the season. Two and two is certainly not insurmountable, but it's also kind of not what you were expecting at this point in the season. Right, Andrew? Uh, that is correct. They had injuries. They didn't have Corey Clement yesterday. They were running back. Alshon Jeffrey finally did come back, and it looked like the guy they had missed the first three weeks. Listen, they're going to be fine. No one is running away with that decision. 
It's really hard to win the Super Bowl twice in a row. They just caught lightning in a bottle last year. They are still a very, very, very good team. They, to me, are the classic example of it matters where you are after four games, but in that division, just get to where you want to be by the time you get to Thanksgiving and then see how it plays out. They played a team that's better and scrappy and with a new head coach and a team that gambled in overtime and made plays and on the road. I'm not, if I'm an Eagles fan, despite the fact that Eagles fans are perpetually unhappy people, right. <laughs> I would not be that worried about that team. Uh, okay, fair enough. How about if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, as you are, Mrs. Siciliano, and you saw a game yesterday with 87 points scored that a lot of people think Cleveland should have won? I would be serious. I would say, number one, they are eminently fun. Breaking news, they are now a joy to watch. Number two, they could be 4-0. They could be 0-4. They could be 0-0-4 with four ties. It's absurd. Most Brown, Actually, all Browns fans are furious because the game was over. So in, in the fourth quarter, under two minutes, Raiders have no timeouts. The Browns on third and two rush for what is deemed a first down on the field. They measure it. Now it's by like an inch, but the referee points first down, and the game's over. At this point, the Browns are going to kneel. The Raiders cannot stop the clock. The game is over. All right, people. That this is the point where people on the sidelines start unbuckling their shoulder pads. Like it's okay. over. All right. Right. Well, everything inside of two minutes is reviewed. Right. You can no longer challenge. Throw the red flag. Everything in New York has a second guess. Well, they second guess, and New York says, and it was very close that the official gave the Browns extra yardage on the spot that the elbow for the running back is actually down. Now, I am a bit of a homer here, but I also firmly believe that I am correct. So you, you figure that out, which side you want to take. Andrew, can but, I can I say as a as a as a, a casual fan of football, yes. I'm a fan of the Browns because they have uh, one of my favorite uh, names in football, Nick Chubb. Well, Nick Chubb had a a happy inducing day. How about that? Yeah, yeah, over a hundred yards, right? Yeah, on, on three carries. That's amazing. You very right. rarely see a first down overturned. Almost never mm. do you see that. Mm, well, when you for, for one of those to be overturned, it has to be just overwhelming. So they go to Dean Blandino, the former head of officiating on Fox, who's in New York. I'm sorry, in L.A., and he's doing the same thing. Like, the rules expert, he goes, there's no way they overturn this. No way. And he also made the point, maybe if they do overturn it, they give them more yardage. Because, like, if you, if you really slow it down, you could argue that they shorted them some yardage. Wow. I, I, we all hate it when officiating interferes with the outcome of a game. We hate it so much. I don't know what the solution is because we've just got human beings doing these positions. Is it time for all robot refs? Is that what we need, Andrew? You have a better chance of doing robot reps if they... Like for balls and strikes, yeah, in baseball, right, or tennis or something like that. You guys, yeah. XFL is coming back, and robot refs <laughs> seem like it would be on top, a top of the list. Uh, hey, I, I went to the Raiders. I'm uh, not the Raiders. The 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 what was, what was that team's name? The I went to the very first. Somebody, uh, no, that was the that was the, the USFL, oh, the geez. first XFL game That's, in the Coliseum. I've wow. never felt more unsafe.
All right, one more uh, game I want to ask about, and it's not because they're my beloved uh, Seahawks, who, again, I expect nothing of this year. It's not because they became the first team in, what, four years to not convert a single third down and still won the game. It's what is the story behind the now viral photo of Earl Thomas, probably in uniform for the last time as a Seahawk, being carted off the field, given a big old middle finger to someone, Andrew? All right, so when it happened... Uh, we were showing it live, and I said, oh, my God, you know, he, he, he just flicked them off. Now, I didn't say that into a live mic, although I was caught screaming about a penalty in the Browns game that didn't happen earlier in the day. But <laughs> I said, let's roll it back. And we put that in, in, you know, in one of my monitors and roll it back. So we rolled it back 15 times just to make sure it was a middle finger. Backstory is Earl wanted a new contract or be traded. This has been going on since since really New Year's Day. Give me a new contract or trade me. He's in the final year of a deal. He's at that age where he deserves a new contract. And he's also at that age where he realizes the next big contract is finally is probably his last big contract. The Seahawks did neither. And he held out a training camp. Two weeks ago, he didn't show up all week and refused to practice. He still played on Sunday, and he got two picks. So, I mean, this is the new league. This is the I am not putting my body at risk until you give me what I deserve player well then he goes out there and breaks his leg and his season is over yeah. now he's going to get paid for the rest of the season but his chance at a trade now or his you know he should be healthy by the end of free agency or the start of free agency but when he's getting carted off he clearly extends a very warm and happy middle finger to the seattle sideline and most people believe right at head coach pete carroll earl did not talk after the game we don't know for certain but I mean, unless it was the one finger salute to you know, no, to, to no. Bobby in the stands one. or something We're like that. One. Yeah. Oh We're... no, no, it, it it was not that finger. Look, and we, it was clearly we, the other finger. We all get his frustration. We all get what has been going on with him and the team for the past few weeks that you just laid out. But super uncool, right? No way to be a team player, right? Uh, I wouldn't do it. I mean, no. it, that, I get how he feels. But no, I, no, you you don't flick off your coach on the way. I mean, first of all, this is the coach who actually put you in the game last week when you totally undermined his authority and didn't practice all week. Right. I mean, think about this. If if he doesn't show up all week and then they let him play, I mean, it is totally cutting the legs out of the coach. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, this is a team that he's been with for a long time, that he won a Super Bowl with. He went to a lot of All-Star games with. I mean, a little respect for the franchise. Do you think he deserved a bigger contract, though, Bean? Uh, No. He deserved a new contract. A new contract with most likely guaranteed money and all that, right? Correct, with more guaranteed money. And this is the this is the end of the guaranteed money on his deal. Gotcha. His deal is up, Allie. He mm-hmm. could have been the team tried to trade him. They were just holding out for bigger compensation from the Cowboys or from the Chiefs or whomever that they had talked to. Well, so they didn't get a trade done. So who's the guy that's also is it Le'Veon Bell? Is he the one that's not yes, playing Le- at all? He you Correct. gotta assume he's like, I ain't going out there ever <laughs> if this is what's <laughs> happening, right? Except here's the difference, Allie, mm-hmm. is that Le'Veon Bell right now is due to make $14.5 million this season. Mm-hmm. He is missing 850000 per game. Oof. But no. do the math. Don't. Do the no, math. That's math. roughly no, three. No, 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 no. Okay. $8. He, he, he's out. He's out three, six, 3.6 so far through four games. Oh he's not gosh. getting that money back. 
Right. It, it, it's not as if he should. If he shows up and signs his one-year $14.5 million tender, they're not going to back pay him for the days he show, he refused to show up. What's more so, terrifying at Halloween time, Allie, than the three words, do the math? I yeah, mean, I'm, seriously. Yeah. I didn't that, like it. I didn't that's like your it worst all. nightmare. Right. <laughs> all right. right. So he, he, he could show up and they could pay him the $850,000 per week moving forward. He's going to get a free agent contract regardless yeah. next year. But he's not going to get this missed money back. The other team he signs with isn't going to go, hey, we're just going to be nice and give you $3.5 million for September. Yeah, he's got a lot more career ahead of him than Earl Thomas does, too, right? Yeah. I would think. Okay. All right. Very good, Andrew. I'm sorry to wake you up. Sorry to, uh, you know, uh, just add to your busy schedule, but we appreciate you jumping on, as we always do. We will look for you when you return tomorrow on Up to the Minute on the NFL Network. And, of course, every Sunday, direct to me's Red Zone channel. You don't want to miss a moment in the Red Zone. You're the best, dude. Thanks so much for coming on. Love you guys, too. Bye-bye. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. It's time for Dodger baseball. I think it might be worth having the king step in here and explain to us what's going on today. Yeah, it involves math, so oh I'm out. Oh, my God, this was so confusing. Yeah. All right, it's been about almost 20 years since there was a divisional tiebreaker extra game. This year, we have two in the National League. That's insane. Yeah, we have the Dodgers and Rockies today at 1 p.m., and it's going to be aired on ESPN. Okay. And we also have the Cubs and Brewers at 10 a.m. So that's going to happen in just about half hour. And they are both playing for their division titles, right? Okay. The NLS. They, all of them have clinched. Everyone's clinched okay. for the playoffs. Okay. So whoever wins these games are the division champs and await the winner of the the wild card. Okay. So the losers play on tomorrow mm-hmm. in the wild card game. And the winner moves on to play the Cubs are the Brewer winner. Mm-hmm. And the loser goes home. Come on, that, that was the worst explanation of yeah, anything I've ever heard. Yeah, I just got even more confused. <laughs> so I, I, that was like Homeland, where she's like t- putting up string that goes yeah. to the ISIS oh, member. There's and- so, there's so. I much thought somebody played the Braves though. You lost me too, Dave. Okay, yeah. the the winner of the Dodgers and Rockies becomes uh-huh. the NL West Division champs, and they play the Braves in the divisional series. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So um, <laughs> we want the Dodgers. We want the Dodgers to win today. Obviously, yes. we always yes. want the Dodgers to win. If the Dodgers win today, then they, they play the the Braves on Thursday. Oh, okay. All yes. right. So they're not going to play the Cubs either way. Uh, if they if they lose, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, if they on. lose, See, hey, he just and took go to the, world, uh, the, the wild card. He just took out an abacus. <laughs> <laughs> if they lose and go to the wild card and then win the wild card, then they go play the Cubs. Okay, you know who <sighs> didn't help me understand the situation? Uh, Dave. Dave, mm. exactly. Yeah. But hey, right. you could still go to the Dodger game today. There's still tickets available. Go to Dodgers.com/slash/tiebreaker. And what time is that game? At 1 p.m. Okay, uh, and right. they're playing well, who? <laughs> the Rockies. Okay. Dave's not sure. They, when do they play the Brave? Oh, this is insane. Uh, <laughs> Who's on first? All right. Beat it, kid. Go Allie's here with our final look at Oof. what's happening on a uh, Monday morning. Well, if you're still with us after that. Yeah. Why would you stay around? Good Lord. Um, so attendees of Asbury Park's inaugural See Here Now Festival were treated by quite a surprise guest during Social D set. None other than local legend... Bruce Springsteen. Hmm. That's not bad, right? No. So he shows up and he does a little bit of bad luck. Then they did Misery Loves Company. And then, of course, closed it out with this.
allow it. I'll allow it, right? I think it's just funny, though. Mike Ness was like, hey, you guys, I'm going to bring a guest to the stage, sing a song or two. Do you know who I'm talking about? And the whole crowd starts chanting, Bruce. What if it wasn't? Yeah. Like, what a bummer. It's real sad for Bon Jovi as he right? walks out John on the bon stage. Bon Jovi strolls out. <laughs> but oh. if he is, it is Bruce. It is Bruce, guys. It's Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> oh, just sad. That but, sounded real good, too. Yeah, not bad, right? It's amazing. Just jumps right on, knows how to play those songs. Yeah. Like a goddamn professional. It's pretty impressive. Did you guys hear about what happened at the Global Citizens Festival in New York City on Saturday? Yes. uh, Momentarily terrifying. Yes. I have a friend that was there up close to the stage and so excited to be there. Couldn't wait to see all these different bands. And what happened was a barrier wound up crashing to the ground And it sounded a lot like gunshots. Mm. So everybody took off running. People were trampled towards the front. Really, really bad situation. But... I mean, you can see why people were concerned. Uh, I didn't know. Definitely not the sound. I didn't know we had audio from it. At all. But who do you bring out to to calm the crowd? Not Bruce. He was busy. uh, I mean, Bruce Bowen from the San Antonio Spurs. I didn't mean Bruce Springsteen. Weird. No, it wasn't him either. Well, Chris Martin comes out and he says, there's no need to panic, no need to run fast, no need to push people out of the way. Nobody is trying to hurt anybody. You all are safe. Everything's fine. But terrifying moments for people because that's that's the world we live in now. We yeah, just yeah. you hear a sound, people start running, and my friend Yeah, my friend said as she's running, people were yelling to duck. So then people were ducking down and then they trip over themselves. So yeah. then those people are getting trampled. It was a really bad situation. And you see other people ducking and you assume that they know something you don't. Absolutely. And then you yeah. And yeah. today awful. today is a year since Vegas, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly to the day. So Here's a uh, here's the sound from a different uh, different area oh, in good. the park. Good. <laughs> Everyone was fine though. No, Bean. That didn't. Do you understand that didn't what you're, you're at making all. fun of? That sounded the, Looney Tunes. Terrified for their life, and you're playing Looney Tunes sounds. <laughs> Look, it's not my fault. That's the take we have. It is not. He can't get in trouble for the things he's handed by a news outlet. That was a real sound. Swear to God. How about the guy on the the side of the field doing the (laughs) play-by-play? Finally, the landing lines are dropped. These scenes were filmed by Pathé News cameraman William Deke. And you're about to see the pictures he got when the ship exploded. I mean, come on. It was you just a are terrifying situation. Also, so you know, uh-huh. that was the coverage from KNX. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> I hate you all. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Chip, go ahead. You're right, Chip. Good Lord. <laughs> Call it a day. Oh, wow. And uh, some bummer times over the weekend for uh, Star Wars fanboys when they found out that the lead architect and producer of the Star Wars franchise... Kathleen Kennedy has renewed her contract, will remain in place as president of the division for another three years. Yeah, they've had some complaints about uh, her her decisions on Star Wars, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, She was brought in um, to take over that whole uh, Lucasfilm takeover control 
from George Lucas. Uh, $4 billion in 2012 mm-hmm. was the whole thing. Uh, the latest four Star Wars Disney movies have grossed almost $4.5 billion worldwide, and merchandising has brought in billions more. So I think they're doing all right with Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. But, yeah. She's a woman, though. And you know what the mouth breathers think of women. I right? do. I mm-hmm. do. Get her out. And you guys, I just need to ask you this because um, we used to have a, a restroom right across from our studio door at the old building. Very easy when you wanted to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Here, you have to go down a hallway, out a door, use a key card, down another hallway. It's a hall. You have to make a, de- a conscious decision. Do I have time to go use the restroom? Yes, yes Which, you should just start wearing diapers to work if that's what you're going to ask. Well, it made me look this up, and I was not aware that there was a Continents Foundation of Australia. But according to them, a normal functioning bladder can hold up to 10 to 13.5 ounces of urine throughout the day. That's roughly 27 (laughs) fluid ounces at night. And a healthy bladder, you should be peeing how many times a day, would you think? Oh, I would say six times a day. I pee... I pee very little. I do two do to three you? times a day, and I know it's a problem. I know I'm probably Whoa, making myself sick. Yeah. That's not good. And, and, I, and, and I pee a lot. I pee 15 times a day. Well, you should be passing urine five to six times a day. Low. Okay, that's, that's about what I figured. But Are you holding it, Jensen? No, I just don't. I, go, I don't have do it. Do you not Here's, hydrate? And we'll get into this, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, but I don't love public bathrooms. Okay. So, like, my whole life growing up, I would hold it in. And so I just think I'm used to, like, being like, well, time to pee now. Like, I just know when. I totally forgot you told me about yeah, high school. I remembered something <gasps> that if the FBI. We're going to talk we'll about. We'll get into it yeah, later. But if the FBI it. asked people from my high school about things. They'd find something out and we'll get into it down the road. Oh so you just wait till you get home or get to that Snapple bottle in your car <laughs> yeah, before, yeah. You're, oh. before you pee. Yeah, yeah. I'm always always using them them buckets. But you're not <laughs> in pain or discomfort. No, not at all. all. It barely even, it never even tracks. That's great. You're lucky that. Well, I don't know. I think I feel like I'm making myself sick. Could you drive to Las Vegas and not stop to pee? Oh, like that astronaut who went to Florida in the diaper? <laughs> right. oh. in the diaper, right. Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. Absolutely could go to Vegas without peeing. That's impressive. Absolutely, yeah. So what's your decision, Allie? Diapers? Well, <laughs> I just have to time it out because I drink a lot during the show. I'll say. Not as much as, you know, during weenie roast that, that year. Uh, but I drink so much. I hydrate so much that I, I go probably three or four times during the show. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up for us to discuss. I'm glad I did, too. <laughs> we really had to get into that. <laughs> oh, come on. It's a fun fact. Just saying. Some birthdays for you. Randy Quaid, Christopher Titus, Brie Larson, and Zach Galifianakis, and that's what's happening. If the networks had any guts at all, they'd give Randy Quaid a TV show, by the <laughs> way, and I'd be watching. A 5 p.m. commercial-free hour. You got it, thanks to a random act of helpfulness from the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers. Tomorrow, here on the Kevin and Beans, you've got a brand-new Internet Roundup with all the best viral videos of the week. Allie, you can do some uh, dream interpretation tomorrow? I hope to, yes. How do we know you for, like, three years before mm-hmm. we found out you had this superpower, by the way? I don't like to brag. Got a new uh, Bean Makes This guest on the program today. We will talk with Matt Money-Smith, who will properly explain what's next for the Dodgers after today. Uh, apparently, Muggs has been keeping track of how in debt he's going and why his daughter isn't going to college as a result of the food choices here in the new building. We will discuss that on the program tomorrow. And, of course, we've got more tickets to join our good friend Megan Holiday as she broadcasts live this Thursday night at the Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. It's going to be a fun show. We'll see you tomorrow right here on K Rock. 
It's Kevin and Bean. K-U-Rock. K-R-O-Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.